Thanks for listening to this episode two is in a face wrestling podcast. Uh, we have not one, but two members of warrior wrestling. Uh, the other half of the, if warrior wrestling is a brain, we've had Steve on many times. He's one <laughs> half of this, the brain. And then the other half is here who just said his name. Can you introduce yourself again? So, I'm Eric from warrior. Eric from warrior. Yeah. That's your Twitter handle, right? So, it is. That's I, <laughs> over the course of a show, I say that about 18,000 times. Okay. And so it just became, it just kind of became one of the monikers that just people know me as. So okay. when my, when I took my, uh, kind of personal Twitter and said like, yeah, let's use this for talking to wrestlers. Now I decided to make it an identifiable handle. Right. Oh, it's Eric from warrior. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And I think you got the polo on. If I recall correctly, the reason why I knew that was the handle. And then I think you were wearing a warrior shirt in the photo. Maybe uh, I think it's me and cage. Yeah. 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 It's, it's actually, oh, yeah and cage you there. know what? That's actually, that picture is uh, from moments before cage and banditos match at, uh, what was that? Three. That was a three. Yeah. yeah. That was literally right before his music played, and cool. uh, it was just kind of one of those fun, goofy moments backstage. And yeah, we were like, "Let's take a picture," and it was a good time. Nice. Yeah. How long have you guys known each other? Oh man, two thousand two. Yes, since we knew of each other freshman year of high school, but we became friends sophomore year of high school. Yeah. Okay, so two thousand fall of one. <sighs> yeah. Well, and then that's uh, yeah, fall of one because that summer of '02 is when we got the job at Twitter. Twitter Center. Yeah, so we have been making craziness in one form or another for literally almost twenty years. Whether it's high school theater, comedy, speech team, working at the amphitheater in Tinley, working at a daycare one summer, mm-hmm. uh, running a sketch and improv group for a decade, yeah, um, running Warrior Wrestling. I mean, this is. All crazy pr- productions that came out of the single brain that we share <laughs> and loan half of to each other. Because I could feel the once. Sorry, I cut you off, Chris. I was could feel the chemistry when you guys said came in and sat down together. So what? And I know that you. I think you had the idea, but then you had to call your right hand man, right? That you've exactly. been through with so much. So I, Warrior was brewing in my brain through summer and fall of 2017. And I shared that idea with Eric when we were at a Notre Dame football game, Notre Dame Navy in mm. November of 2017. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Eric's dad was there who was in the Navy and his awesome. first Notre Dame game. My and dad was in the Navy. So it meant a lot to him. Yeah. Cool. It was, nice. it was, we were just walking yeah. around campus. It was a rainy day. And I said, Hey, I'm going to do this thing. And at first the idea was to do it, to pair with like a city and do it in like a civic hall. Or, and I talked to a couple different towns and cities and it was Eric who said, he's like, you don't really care about making money off this that much, do you? I was like, no, I just want to do it. And he goes, do it at school. Right? You have all the facilities. You have everything at your disposal. You have security. You have concessions. You have this. The school can keep all the money, which is what we did for our improv comedy group for 10 years. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and literally, it was the conversation with Eric that steered me to pitch it to my boss, the president of the school, and say, hey, I've got a really crazy idea for a fundraiser. Can you give me a half an hour of your time and promise not to yell at me? Like, yeah, sure. Why not? And 10 minutes into that meeting over Christmas break of 2017, 2018, my boss, Vince Kredinsky, the president of Marion was like, done, let's do it. Nice. So, and that happened because Eric pushed me to do that. That's awesome. And yeah. who came up with the name? I think you told us before, but it was, it was him. Yeah. I literally just went through a list of like, what would be the, a cool name of a wrestling promotion? And I, I came up with warrior wrestling. I thought it was cool. I had the idea of all different types of, you know, combatants from Lucha style to ground and pound to yada, yada, all these different warriors. And I was like, well, somebody has got to be called warrior wrestling already. And I spent like three days Googling every indie promotion in the United States. I was like, really? Nobody? Fine. I stuck our flag. In. <laughs> there you go. What's the, ma- sorry, what's the mascot of Marion? 
Or the, uh, Spartans. Or the nickname. Spartans. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So it kind of fits. Right. And the colors are the same. And right. Yeah, right. exactly. Cool. Did you have um, did what? You, what I was gonna ask there, yeah. uh, with your history together? Yeah, was Eric part? Last time you were here, you talked about the wrestling league that you guys built in the basement somewhere. No, he was not part of that. No, no different no. group of friends from me, oh. from growing up before I knew Eric. Yeah, Where I came it? in in Act Two. That was <laughs> no. more like an Act One. Okay, okay. That was the origin story. Did you guys watch in high school together? Or were you guys? Or were you guys both interested? When you guys met each other, were you interested in wrestling at that time? I was. Eric was not yet. Okay. So I, uh, I'm an only child, and I had a somewhat sheltered childhood. Okay. Um, wrestling wasn't really something that my family was going to put on the television. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> I, my dad and I had to wait till my mom went to sleep to watch South Park kind of a thing. Um, <laughs> okay. So <laughs> primetime wrestling wasn't really an option. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, was, it was really in college when I got into wrestling – Kind of uh, independent from Steve, uh, one of my roommates, uh, Mikey from college, who was just like a, a, a wrestling savant. I mean, like mm-hmm. this guy knows every match of every show of every pay per view that that was ever pitched to Vince, let alone actually <laughs> made it sure. to to air. Yeah, um, and he was my best friend. I mean, I, I survived college because of him. Yeah, and so it was the kind of thing where. He was into it, and I, I wasn't against it. I just had never really gotten into it. And right. uh, it was one of those kind of osmosis things, just by being the proximity to to Mikey and how much of a part of his life wrestling was that I got sucked in and I never looked back. And then I really kind of drank the juice in 2015, hmm. um, December. Steve, oh God, it was maybe what, no, September? When no, it was, no, it was like a month before. November? Yeah. He calls me at like 11 o'clock at night and uh, I'm already asleep. We're both teachers. I'm asleep by 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> okay. I didn't have kids yet. Though. I was exhausted. Yeah. Um, and actually my wife was pregnant. We, my son was born two months later. Nice. And um, he goes, hey, um, I just bought tickets to a wrestling show in LA in December. You want to go? <laughs> <laughs> and that was the whole pitch. And, and I was just like, yes. Good night. <laughs> and and it and uh we went to pwg's um all-star weekend oh, december nice. 2015 and that that collective trip the the it was a two-day show we only had tickets to the first night we were like who cares we're gonna we're gonna stay for the next night we're gonna just walk the line we did and we found two tickets from two random groups of buddies that just didn't show up it couldn't mm-hmm. make it nice and uh oh yeah those shows were standing room only i mean right. it was understandable that that night changed everything for me from a wrestling standpoint and i'm like i'm in anywhere anytime any match anybody yeah let's go <laughs> nice was it just something maybe about that style i mean that's a that is like a culture shock style probably oh the whole thing was a culture shock i yeah. mean we were it was the it was still in the uh what the american legion hall um if you if you actually go back and watch the dvd from yeah. the first night <laughs> means we had standing room only tickets. Yeah. We post up. So there's like when you from the hard cam side, there's a bar in like the back right side, like just a built in yeah. bar. Steve and I posted up at that bar because we were like, we're here. Let's just drink. And then yeah. we won't care that we're not sitting down. And um, so at various moments throughout the night, you can see me and Steve mark out with 
literally like a, a pitcher in a beer in our hand because it got to the point that night where we were like why are we still buying like bottles and cups like just give me a pitcher of beer no I'm not going to share it yes he wants his own as well right. and we're literally just holding this pitcher of beer drinking right out of the pitcher <laughs> and if you go back and watch there are moments where I mean we were just we were gone we were in wrestling heaven yeah, yeah. and and it was uh it was the style. It was the atmosphere. It was the proximity. Yeah, because um, that's different than like what when you if you're in college, like catching your friend watching WWE. Exactly. Like this is a different way to hook you, kind of. This yeah, that that's that's what kind of got the hook in my mouth. But yeah. what really reeled me in was that that experience. Cool. And after that, anytime anyone pwg shows we haven't been back to one unfortunately. I'd yeah. love to at some point. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're bringing pwg to your. Backyard. That's the goal. Yeah. That and that New Japan lately. Yeah. Well, and that's another one that Steve and I started going to and ROH and New Japan and Chicago Ridge and you know all that stuff. And we, when we kind of sat down and said we're actually going to do this, uh, it would be a lie to say that those weren't our inspirations. Yeah. We say if we can do half of what they do, I'd be proud of it. Kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And this is cool because. A little bit of this information, the, the stuff with you is completely new, but I, I like that we're talking about a little bit of the history. We talked to Steve, like the our first Warrior mm-hmm. episode, but that was a couple of years ago, so it's a good refresher, and uh, or at least a year. And um, so it, what I'm trying to get at is like your perspective. So you guys started doing this then, and now seven Warrior Wrestlings, can you summarize like how, how the experience has been for, for you, basically? Like specifically, Eric, because I know we've heard Steve said. Um, it's it's kind of like just a it's it's a I call it my crazy ride. Like it's just been a crazy ride. I, if if you had come up to me that night after PWG and said, you know, in four or five years, you and Steve are going to be doing this with some of the names from that mm, show. Yeah, Cage and Elgin were a tag team on that show. That's cool. And now Cage has been our champ since, you know, yeah. show two. And um, if you tried telling me that that night, I would have been like, you are, I don't <laughs> know what you're smoking, <laughs> but you need to share it. Because like, there's no way. There's no way. Right. Um, so for me, it's just been an awesome ride, a great adventure. Um, and and nothing that I would have ever imagined in my wildest dreams. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, you know, like when you're, you're going, you're, you're going up the, the roller coaster and you know, you're, tick, 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 tick. you don't really know what's going to happen, but you know, eventually you're going to get to the top and there's just going to be this thrill ride down. And that's yeah. kind of what working with Steve is like. <laughs> <laughs> he pitches this crazy idea yeah, and, and I'm just like, okay, let's, it's another adventure. Let's do it. And, right. you know, tick, 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 everything starts kind of just falling into place. Steve has the Midas touch of things that uh, Del Rio swagger and we aren't even a thing yet. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like that's how we bust onto this. Okay. I don't know how you got either of them to take you seriously. Thank God you didn't pitch it in April, like on April 1st to them. Yeah. Cause there's no way they would have taken us seriously, <laughs> but things just have a way of falling into place with Steve. And I think a big portion of it is because 99% of the projects we've ever done have been for others. Yeah. Um, the, the, the inspiration behind it is yes, it's a passion of ours. Yes. It's something we love, but you know, it, it's, it's always been about serving others. Even at, at Twitter center, we were, we were ushers. It was about making sure that 
our section was safe, that the people who paid their good money to have a great show had a great time, didn't have to worry about anything. When we did the the day camp, mm-hmm. it was with a you know a bunch of little elementary school kids, and we we were we were it was Coach Eric and Coach Steve, and we we mm-hmm. you know it was a sports camp, right. and you know we taught them kickball and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and it was about making sure that these kids get outside, have a great time, run around, get rid of some energy so that when they go back in for nap time, their teachers love us, you know? Yeah. Right. And, but it was, it's 99% of everything I've done with Steve has been about making other people happy. Even when we met in theater, you know, it, yeah, we, I get a rush being on stage, especially when it's with my best friend, but you know, theater is about making other people forget about their lives for a little bit. Come see a show. Right. You know, wrestling is very much the same way. Like we've all got so much just stuff in our lives. That's right. just like, Oh man, I got this and I got this and I got this. If warrior can be that thing where you're like, okay, I got to get through this week. Right. But next week <laughs> it's going to be worth it. Then, you know, and, and, and we can, we can help kids go to Marion with some, some financial, ease some financial burden. Uh, I was a student who, who had to, take advantage of the um, the Sister Simeon Fund and some of the, the, the scholarship opportunities that yep. Warrior is now donating to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was really important for me too. Mm-hmm. And to be able to to now give back to a, an institution in Catholic education that gave me so much is 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 incredible. And, nice. you know, it's, it's just one of those things that everything just kind of falls into place and knowing that we're doing it for the right reasons and, and, and with the right inspiration behind us has, you know, taken something that was, was like a fun hobby and just turned it into a passion. Yeah. Well, that, that's awesome. And you guys are doing something right. I mean, it's we're wrestling eight coming up. Like you guys were just talking about the main event of the first show and it felt like it was a couple months ago, but no, yeah. there's eight already. <laughs> yeah. That have, well, seven that have passed and the eighth one coming up. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. And yeah. like you said, you guys working together, you guys know each other from a long time. You're good friends. So it's like, hey, have fun. Seems like you're having fun. Oh, my gosh. If you I don't think we've talked about this yet, but at the end of Warrior 7, the entire locker room came out into the arena. So I don't know if you guys were able to glance over, but I usually catch two minutes of a match here or there. Mm-hmm. And at the end of Warrior 7, both of us were totally through the curtain. Yep. Headsets off. <laughs> the entire locker room was around us in that little section of bleachers or lined along the curtain. Mm-hmm. Brian Cage was in his trunks with no boots on, eating pizza on the stage. And everyone just came <laughs> to watch the main event of Seven. Yeah. Yeah. And it was this moment of just, you get to be a fan. And it was such a cool thing to see. So many of their peers want to go see the Rascals and Osprey and Red and Rocky and just be wowed. And, every, you know, I'm looking at him. We're looking at my sister. We're looking at Brian Cage. Like, Cage like almost throws his pizza yeah. in the air. Like, at one point, he just, what? <laughs> yeah. It's just this moment of, if nothing else in the world, we helped facilitate that. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm a huge uh, music fan. So we, Eric talked mm-hmm. about we worked at the amphitheater for years. And I love Springsteen's my, my favorite artist. And Bruce talks about how there's a magic in every concert. And, and at some point in every show, you just sit there and there, no one outside of this room is feeling this right now. Yeah. And if nothing else, what we've been able to do seven times is set the table and invite great people to bring their food. And we have this banquet, this buffet, and it's not happening anywhere else but this table. And 
it's a really cool feeling. Like if it all ends tomorrow, seven times we've been able to do this and then now eight and then hopefully nine and 10 and et cetera. But yeah, it's a really cool thing. We've, we've, you, you know, you mentioned a minute ago, it looks like we enjoy it. Yeah. I'm having the time of my life. I really am. Yeah. I think I, uh, that's, that's all great stuff. I think what this weekend taught us, especially Sunday was when we heard the news about uh, Kobe passing mm-hmm. Brian um, is uh, like anything that's kind of holding you back or that you want to do, you should probably, you, sh- you should take steps to just start doing that and mm-hmm. let nothing hold you back and yep. start a wrestling company. If you want to, like, that's an example. Cause you know, you could be gone tomorrow. You could be gone a week from now. You could be gone years from now and you'll never have had the opportunity. That's not that, you know, like not to get too sentimental, but like, I think about like his daughter being in a helicopter who could have been a star. And like, so it's Sunday and put me in a, uh, put a lot of people like in a weird spot. And now hearing this, like you guys saw an opportunity, you took it, you're doing it together and yeah, you're living your life. And I think that's like a really cool thing is that you're not, you're not, you're, you probably have some fear and some anxiety, but you're pushing through that. So yeah, the most of it, it, it just, when you, when it feels right, the fear and anxiety isn't there. I've worked on a hundred projects in my life. And a lot of things I've worried about here and there. And this one is just, it just fits. It just works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just is really, you know, again, if it's over tomorrow, I'm really damn happy we did this. Right. That's awesome. And you have barbed wire in your closet. Yeah. And I have barbed wire (laughs) in the principal's closet in my office at school. Because for the Mick Foley one at Warrior Six, we had to buy barbed wire. And it only comes by the 80 yard. (laughs) So we used, you know, a yard of it around the baseball bat. So now if I've got, you know, somebody, you know, in the office, like ignore the giant spool of barbed wire (laughs) next to the wrestling belts and broken table in my closet while I grab these files. But anyway, let's talk about why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, President. Uh, I'd like to pitch a death match to you. Yes. Yeah. Did you imagine being a kid getting called down in the principal's office? Timmy, like, I need something out of that closet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I promise I'll never cheat again. <laughs> cool. And uh, speaking of uh, giving back and helping other people, uh, do you guys know how much you have raised? Yeah, since so, doing one to seven or like any numbers surrounding them. Sure. So on average, then they've fluctuated little by little, okay. but um, like seven made 10 grand for the school, give or take. Wow. Six made like 12 grand for the school, give or take. Okay. And we, um, we recalculated how we do the finances after five. So we used to do it as an out growth of the school but after five we set up a separate llc that technically rents the school and then the school keeps all of the ancillary revenue mm. so it basically puts all of the risk with the llc but then the school keeps all the money for parking beer concessions and then we pay like a rental fee to the school that then is a donation to the school and the, the, oh, the got it, got well. it, got it. Yeah. So that but, makes sense just in so, case something happens right yes. liability okay yeah the school, smart yeah the school is protected the school is insulated okay. The, the none of the risk falls on to the institution. And yes. that that was something that was very important to us from the beginning. We just didn't know how to make it happen in the most efficient and practical way yeah. until after five. Uh-huh. Yeah, and at Makes five sense. we had a, a chair incident with uh Monix and Adonis and there's you know, everything turned out to be fine. Right. There's like the moment of like, all right, how do we really insulate and structure this in such a way? So the finance the financial setup kind of changed after five, but in the new setup the school's making like ten grand a show. That's awesome. Which is really, really good. That's cool. And then, and, and, and just in terms of like, uh, giving then to a tuition, is that 
how many is that like a handful or does it depend on how many kids can use that? Or Depends. Just, okay. So and, and so the other thing too is that we also changed, we invited in a couple of the revenue streams are not straight tuition scholarships, they're different programs. Okay. So like the speech team does parking. Cool. And the speech kids work parking with their the director. The speech program keeps all of parking. Oh, it's and awesome. And so that could go to offset scholarship stuff for speech kids or to pay for like their summer speech camp. Cool. So it's not all Everything doesn't go to one bucket just for scholarships yeah. anymore. The bar goes to scholarships. The concessions go to scholarships. The groups run parking. Okay. Or like it, Warrior Six cheerleading did part of concessions. So they took part of it for the cheerleading program and the rest went to scholarships. Yeah. So it's not just right. one yeah. thing anymore. That's the example I'm looking for though. Yeah. It's just like trying to translate a dollar value to a tangible, oh, yeah. like you said, the summer camp. Yes. So, so like, you yeah. know, the, the speech team makes $1,500, $2,000 off of parking alone. And that pays for seven or eight kids to be able to go to full week-long summer camps and speech or partial awesome. for 15 or 16 kids yeah, to right. go to summer camp and speech, which they otherwise couldn't afford. So there, there's real tangible benefits. Exactly. And when we get that from the speech coach, the cheerleading coach, mm-hmm. the development people, et cetera. So cool. it's – yeah, it has worked out really well. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Then, Thank and you. that's awesome. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I think that – I wanted to display to all our audience and listeners is like that tangible example of how it's helping. And I think that uh, is really cool and really awesome. It's one of those things where anytime something changes, people get grumpy about it. So we added parking for warrior five. Like, Oh, I got to pay for parking now. Like, it helps the speech kids. And like, yeah. <laughs> so like once the people who are going to grumble, stop grumbling, like everyone's like, oh yeah, fine. Here well, you now I like, now hearing you say that right now, I'm like, like, damn, like sometimes I'm such in a hurry. I'm like, oh, I'm here with a podcast. And they're like, okay, go ahead. Yeah. I'm like I could take my time and pull out my five and give them my yeah. $5. Right? I should like, do that. Cause I've definitely pulled the podcast card too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But next time. But what's nice too, is that, you know, I think it's six. One of the kids was telling me that um, it's, it's five bucks for, for parking, but like somebody's like, here's 20 bucks. Keep it. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. like oh, stories. Yeah, you right. know, and same thing like at the concession stand. So like somebody orders a bunch of food and it comes out to thirteen bucks. Like here's twenty, keep it. And it's like oh, that's good because people know it's going to a good cause. Yeah, we should be more like yeah. that. Yeah. I know you jerks <laughs> trying to be subtle about it, but you're not picking up. Well, I, I always take too long in the silent auction. I always eye some things, and I'm like, I'll be back, I'll be back. Yeah, and by the time I'm back, like yeah. the show's over. So, well, yeah. if you, you uh, as a constructive criticism, if Please. there's Modelo at any of the tables. I'll see what I can that will, do. That will help mm. us. I will see what I can you know, do. Open those pocketbooks up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to fight the coronavirus, you know, with some models. Yeah, With exactly. some coronas, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that um, is the virus. Cool. Uh, right. So we want to get into seven. Yeah. Yes. Brief, like, uh, Briefly, just go yeah. through some uh, results just to kind of help us formulate what the shape of eight is going to look like. Sure. And I know there's some changes. We'll talk yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I think we want to talk a little bit about that main event. Yes, 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 please. <laughs> Which is free on if you have a. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, I hope I'm not. I hope the, I'm not uh, throwing high seven. spots under the bus because your yeah. eyes lit up when I said that. But I, I, I have a high spot. Seven or eight. Yeah. Seven's main event is free. Seven's yeah. main event is free on high spots. I yeah. think you just have to have an account. Yes. Yeah. Not necessarily like a subscription going. No. And don't have a credit card event. number or anything like that to. to to watch the match. I've, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I've gone back and watched it like, like four or five times now. <laughs> he, he's texting me like, I'm rewatching the main event to seven. Like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. My kids are being a pain in the butt. <laughs> My kids are napping. Yeah. And I got like 30 minutes to kill. And yeah. <laughs> it's your Monday morning ritual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've like, watched it. I've watched. I put it on. I've like worked out. Like I've got like a twenty minute like workout routine. I'm gonna do at home. And I'm like, I'm gonna put the main event at seven on and watch that while I work out. <laughs> Just get super inspired and jacked. 
Oh, it's great. But yeah, we'll, it we'll say that. It has to be a great high, I'm, I'm sure. Like, I, oh, I was there. I was on that side or of the bleachers, and I think I snapped a picture. I'll look for it of you guys, because I'm like, yeah. this is the first time, like, Steve's are, like, headphones are down. They're just there smiling, looking at the ring. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maybe we, we should get into it. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys... We, well, we always say that, that one of the things that makes us different is the fact that we were fans first. Okay. You know, we, we, we were huge indie wrestling fans before we started the the our own brand. Right. And um, there's very few moments over the course of a show. You know, Steve and I always joke, when the show's going on, I see very little. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the guy backstage. I'm the guy making sure that everybody's where they're supposed to be right. behind the curtain. Right. So that once the curtain, you know, come they come on the other side of the curtain, they're in the best position to do what they came here to do. And Steve is the one doing all of that plus everything up front. Right. And um, so the la- the main event is really the one match of the night that we get to see from start to finish. And uh, so when that match happens, it, it started at Warrior 2. It started with the very first War of Attrition, which is part of the reason why I think that match has got a special place in our heart. Um, that's that, that main event every show is the one where our jobs are done. You know, mm-hmm. the, the show, sure, yeah. if, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, the show is done, there's nothing else to do after this. Like you said, we can take the headphones out, take the earpiece out, yeah. put the radio down. And at that point, I'm no longer Eric from Warrior. I'm just Eric, Eric at Warrior. Warrior. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. And, and like, it's, it's the kind of thing where, you know, I, I, I sit there and it's just, it's surreal, you know? And, and I, Steve and I always joke about, you know, would catch you next weekend. We'll watch the show and see how it went. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that match at the end, the, the last one of, of all the shows, the the main event is always one that um, means a lot to us because that's the one that we are going to get to see live and in the moment and not just catch bits and pieces here and there. Or you know, we mm-hmm. sometimes we have the live stream from uh, high spots like back in the back on the yeah. projector screen. Right, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. So sometimes you get to see more, sometimes you see less, but that's the one where it's the complete beginning, middle, and end, and you can just let the, yeah. the stress of the show. You know, by the time the main event goes on, we've been we've been working on that show day of. You know, I we Steve opens up the the school at seven a.m. Right. And the show doesn't start till 7 p.m. So before the first match even starts, we've got a 12-hour day already in the books. I've gotten more miles on my car between (laughs) Midway and O'Hare and hotels and and back to Marion and back and forth that, you know, it's it's before the show even starts, we put in a full day's work. So to be able to get to the end and and just enjoy it from a, a fan's perspective that getting back to what we truly are in our hearts we're just wrestling fans we just yeah. love independent wrestling it's like your reward for that day yeah almost like yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it makes it makes everything worth it and it's one of those things too where people say you know never meet your idols you'll always be disappointed never meet your heroes and for us it's been the exact opposite experience mm-hmm. we genuinely like so many of these people so much you know, we love Cage. We love Tessa. We love Sam Adonis begrudgingly. You know, <laughs> Os- uh, Osprey is so wonderful. The Rascals are such wonderful human beings. Mm. And there's something to watching great performers perform, but then there's something else to watching them perform when you know the, who they are as people. So I always, I often talk about, you know, outside of here, like I love sports, I love hockey, I love basketball, but I never get as into anything as I do watching our schools varsity basketball games because mm. like i know that kid yeah like, i had to yell at him to tuck his shirt in yesterday <laughs> right but, like 
And so on TV, you're like, oh, I know Jordan. I know you can't. You maybe met mm-hmm. him. You know about them. You know the personality. Sure. But when it's in school, you know the person. For Warrior, it's the same thing. And so we spent the day before that Warrior 7 insane main event, we spent at Aurelio's Pizza in Homewood with Will Ospreay just talking about what we all love about wrestling and just, you know, just connecting. And then we got to see that guy the next night go out there and be Will Ospreay. And it's just, I think it comes back to the part that we're both teachers and so many of the people that help with Warrior are teachers. It's this, this pride of like, I love this kid and I'm watching them soar. Yeah. And it's just so cool. It adds Beyond just being a fan of the wrestling, it adds this layer of being a fan of the person doing really well. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And like for us, you know, um, one of the things that I've always tried to avoid, but it just happens sometimes, is like seeing luchadors without their masks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Or accidentally seeing Osprey and Desmond Xavier running through their spots. It just looked insane i'm like oh shit i think i just spoil it for myself but no you go out there and they're under the lights it's a whole different experience yeah like or when you show up to early to a show and there's like a there's a mystery entrant or something like we showed up early to a freelance show it was like a you know oh, what's, right, right. Uh, what's the word i'm looking for like a su- surprise entrance yeah, yeah. Like, like or a mystery opponent mystery opponent or something like that and then it's like austin theory walks through it's like damn it yeah <laughs> it's him I just spoiled it for myself. There was actually a moment before that that main event where uh, you know I'm backstage and my job is to keep eyes on the next match to make sure I know where they are so that mm-hmm. okay one two three all right let's go and you know so I'm 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 keeping my eyes on them and, and I'm having a moment kind of like what you're talking about like I'm seeing them plan things out discuss you know what are we going to do how do we want what what's the rhythm of the match going to be you know all that kind of stuff. And and I and I get sucked into just being like I'm 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 truly watching masters at work right now, and mm-hmm. I get kind of sucked into it. And then I had to like pinch myself and remove myself from that and say like Wait a second, if I watch all of this now, what am I? What what's going to be there left to surprise <laughs> me at the at the match? Right. So I literally had to just kind of turn around. And Liz was back there with me, and I'm like Liz, I'm going to face this wall. I want you to watch them. And if any one of them goes anywhere, tell me and I will go get them. But I don't want to see or hear anything else. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and it, and you, but you're right. I mean, like it's, but when you get out there, it's just like, these guys are such incredible athletes, performers, wrestlers. I mean, I think that's one of the best things about wrestling. You're not just an athlete. You're not just a performer. You got to be the whole package. Yeah. You got to be able to do all of it to reach that level. Yeah. And, and to, to, to see them put it on on at a hundred percent. I mean, they're walking through stuff backstage, you know. Right. And then and then you see it go to a level that you didn't even know existed. And those guys were just like, Oh yeah, like that. I don't understand how a, that match was 20, 20 25 minutes of nonstop yes. shit. I don't understand how did they did they only do planning when they got to the venue yes. for that match? Yes, they they did not there was they they were I mean obviously aware of who they were wrestling but the it's 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 that day it's how are we feeling that day what do we feel like doing today what what do we think this crowd and this match and, and yeah. this this point in the card we've talked about some of our favorite matches have been not necessarily the ones that like jump out of the ring but the ones where you're like that was the perfect match and the perfect story to tell in this moment of the the overall, the overall show. show yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's super important yes. Yeah. I just don't understand how their walkthrough translate to what we saw in the main event. 
Because it's like, yeah. I just don't know if I would ever in my optimal perform per, mental performance have the short-term memory to like know all that and then yeah. go out there and make it look so smooth and so choreographed. Like, I had that conversation with my girlfriend, Maria, and this was her second wrestling show ever. She came to a freelance with me a couple months ago. And and the next day it was just like, we have to talk about everything. She was just like, this guy, this guy, this, 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 this. And, and she had that same question. She's like, well, how do they? And I said, as a teacher, I kind of think of it like I've been teaching for 12 years now. Mm-hmm. And if you told me like, Steve, you got to go cover a freshman English class. They're learning about how to write a paragraph. All right, I can scribble on a, on a bar napkin. Like, all right, for 45 minutes, I'm going to do this, 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 do this activity, this, this. I know it well enough. I've taught how to write a paragraph enough that I could do it for 45 minutes and have a great lesson just because I've done it a million times. I, I've got to feel out the kids kind of in, in the conversation, whatever. But like generally, I know how to teach a really good lesson. It's the same thing for Will Ospreay or Desmond Xavier. They're so good at this. They've done it for so long yeah. that they're like, all right, well, we're going to do a 20-minute match. We're main events, so we know we, we can do a lot of near falls. We can do this. All right, they sketch out a, an idea, and then they just go out there and they kind of feel it out and do it. it but they're, as you said a second ago, their memory is the yeah. most incredible thing. Right. Especially, so like a Lawler-Suzuki match, so so real, oh, real pull one. in the curtain back here. Mm-hmm. Minoru Suzuki speaks a dozen words of English. Mm-hmm. He and Tom talked a little bit. This is about what we're going to do. Okay. And then they improvise probably 80% of that match. Okay. Versus something that's very high flying and technical. You need to know the spots because otherwise it's very dangerous or it's going to look yeah, very like good. the chaining. Yes. The, the chaining chain has stuff. to be some kind of memory, right? Yeah. Like, to some extent. Yeah. But I don't know how they remember it. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like the first like, tw- like 10 minutes was just chaining. Yeah. And it looked like they done just it for the times. listener. We are talking about the main event. I labeled it Insanity Dream Match, <laughs> Red Chaos, Rocky Romero, Will Ospreay, and Amazing Red, which in this case defeated the Rascals. That's when Xavier, Trey Miguel, yeah. and Zachary Wentz. Yes. yes. Yeah, the Code Red uh, out to the outside. Yes. Right? Yep. There's a lot of Twitter footage of that. Um, as there should be. Yes, <laughs> as there should be. And then the ending where. Uh, Osprey just lit into Desmond Xavier. Just murdered Des. Murdered him. Yeah. Those were the two things that I remember mostly, besides yeah. like just nonstop. Yeah, and that's the, it was nonstop. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. I think it went 23 minutes and it just didn't stop. No. That, um, yeah. That's why I was so, that was like, they have to, this has to be like, how do they remember all of this? Because it looks like you, it looks chore- like over choreographed. And the thing is, for a match like that, I don't think they started calling that until intermission. No, they didn't. <laughs> so it's not like they spent all night right. putting ideas together. It was like, well, we got about an hour till we're on. Let's start putting some ideas together. And you're like, what? <laughs> and yeah. then, and then that's, that's what they did. That's what they came up with. Like, right, right. It's, I mean, I, I wasn't alive in the Renaissance, but to see Michelangelo or Leonardo. In their heyday, I mean, somehow we got to the Sistine Chapel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it, I'm sure it was years of training and all this. And I know it took six years to paint on his back or whatever. Yeah. But like to to be able to kind of see this mastery of, like you said, they're just, ah, we'll do this. And they're just kind of walking through it, shadowing. We'll yeah. do this mm-hmm. and then we'll do that. Okay. All right, cool. And then we'll have a moment that'll be kind of like about this. And, you know, it's not, it's, it was, it's not completely scripted or choreographed is a term that people like yeah. to use now but like the 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 beats the moments like you know the, right the, the timing and, and putting yourself in the right place at the right time turning yeah. at the sign you know yeah. exactly like all those little details for it to not feel like it's it's been choreographed it just mm-hmm. feels like that's how it should go 
Um, I so I for I used to be very much into comedy, and I had I interned for Conan O'Brien when I was in college. You're still funny, Steve. Aw, <laughs> um, and and I that's a new fact that we didn't know. Yeah, I never shared that. So I saw this great interview with Conan while I was there, where he talked about music and comedy because Conan's actually a music nut. His dressing mm-hmm. room at NBC in New York had 20 guitars in it, and he played guitar all the time. And in this interview, he talked about the similarities between music and comedy because it's all about tension and release and timing and flow and improv comedians, jazz musicians, pro wrestlers. It's all the same thing. So Will and Trey might know, all right, we're going to do this set, but the genius is that they know how to feel the flow and when to pause and when to turn and when to do this and Mm -hmm. when the crowd's energy is coming up Mm -hmm. and when to hold it. And it's like a jazz musician playing in a club, just kind of feeling the vibe of the people or improv comedians playing off of an audience. Right. So it's the combination of they're so good at this. They had a rough outline of a plan, but in the moment, their true genius is figuring out when to do what and how. Yeah. That's a great way to put well, it. And it's, it's not like when they're when they're discussing this stuff backstage. We don't have like a secret ring backstage where they can run through this stuff even at 80% speed. I mean, right. I wouldn't be surprised if you somehow <laughs> managed a ring back there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but we, we, we haven't. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, it's not a bad idea, but <laughs> but we haven't yet. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're back there and they're they're literally just having a conversation the way we are yeah. about this. So, like... You know, when, when and, and I see, like you say, wrestling Twitter and you know, people saying about all this too choreographed or whatever. It's like, no, they're just they just talked about it like they planned it. Yeah. And but I can promise you at no point was any of them running backstage or, or doing these spots or or, you know, taking any bumps or anything. The the true art is when you get in the ring, you have you, you take this idea and make it a tangible match by turning everything up to 11, by giving a hundred percent and you knowing what each other's hundred percents are and the, 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 the moment of timing, you know, with some of that chain stuff, yeah, they're not, they're not doing that backstage. Like that code red didn't happen <laughs> off a, a, a coat rack in the back. Like it, it, you're there, you're in the moment. You just have to know how it's going to go. Them <laughs> what is, what's amazing red doing on the coat rack? Get down from there, red. I don't think uh, the insurance will cover that. Yeah. You know, but like when you get to that point in the match, like what blew me, blew my mind with, with wrestling was that how, like, I remember asking Steve at one point, like, so do they like practice this in the ring beforehand? Yeah. And Steve, I remember he looked at me and he goes, a lot of these bumps, you don't want to take more than once. <laughs> and you want that one bump to be in the ring in front of everyone. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not like they're back there doing this, this, dance or anything like they're they're back there just having a conversation talking about it we'll do this we'll do that okay cool and we'll feel it out maybe we'll you know we'll we'll talk about a beat like this will be a fun character moment or this will be a fun you know dive moment but like that's as far as it goes yeah and and then they get out there and then they have all done it so much like steve's example with the, the article or i'm sorry the uh, writing a paragraph they've done it so much that they can see in their mind's eye what the other's thinking mm-hmm. and that's that's incredible. That's what made that match so good because every single one of those guys in that ring is so good at what they do that not only can they do it, they can visualize it and see it before it happens and then make it happen with one shot. You know, right. you get one shot at that code red. Right. You get yeah. one shot at that dive and and you 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 nail it. That's that's amazing. Yeah. 
Um, like I said, it's free on just all you need is a Hicebox account. You can watch it. Yeah. Um, the Do you want to read the results really quick? And then sure. we'll, we can pick out highlights from these guys. All right. Uh, there was a Tem- Templario defeating Jake Lander. Mm-hmm. Uh, Savannah Stone defeated Holiday. Uh, Impact Division Championship match. Ace Austin defeated Blake Christian and Carlos Romo. Uh, singles match, Michael Elgin versus Sam Adonis ended in a time limit draw. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty clever. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. Uh, five-way, Black Taurus defeating Aerostar, Drago, Gringo Loco, and Ray Oris. Singles match, Lance Archer defeated Brian Pillman Jr. Singles match, Minoru Suzuki defeating Tom Lawler. And Brian Cage defeating Phantasmo. And we talked about uh, the Insanity Dream match. How many times can you say Black Taurus Ray Horus? I don't know without screwing up. I probably screwed up that one time I said. <laughs> well, uh, that we just read off the card. I want to go to you guys because you guys have a lot of more knowledge about the individual matches. But on that card, besides the main event, what were some matches that stuck out to you that you were like really pleased of how how they came together? Um, just the the other big match that was the draw that people were excited about was Suzuki and Lawler, mm-hmm. and they were excited about a lot of them. But that was, I think, right up there with the main event, and it delivered. I think it delivered. The place was buzzing the entire match. They beat the snot out <laughs> of each other, and it just felt special. Suzuki mm-hmm. has a presence about him, and I thought the the match was so different than the main event. The main event was a million moves you. Couldn't imagine how they don't defy gravity. And Suzuki Lawler ended with five or six traded sleeper holds mm-hmm. until Suzuki had choked Lawler out enough to put him in the pile driver and pile drive him. Right. And you know what? Each were equally amazing. So two totally different types of wrestling, Suzuki Lawler and the main. So that one yeah. stands out to me. That's a good um, – this is what I, I, what I always think about is how like – we. I don't know if we talked about this, but how – I think I brought up the Chris ones. Like how do you measure someone's overness? Mm-hmm. What's the measurement for that? It's a little, there's a little, I don't know how do you put metrics around that is a little subjective, but um, a good thing to kind of at least hear from the crowd is if their, their, their amp or their level mm-hmm. is just constant, yes. constantly up throughout the match and knowing that. Cause you can kind of, even as a fan, you can kind of hear when a crowd's not into it. There's like a lot of side conversations going on and things like that. And then you can tell like, the match is losing the crowd's focus, but yeah. it sounds like from your perspective that that did not, was not the case. I think people were on the edge of their seats. It yeah. felt like if you ever watch a lot of new Japan, Japanese crowds, obviously they don't stand up, they don't scream, they don't cheer, they don't chant, they don't do the American things, but you can hear in the Tokyo dome when there's like buzz oh. and buzz and buzz oh. and buzz. <laughs> and it felt like that during Suzuki Lawler with, with a little bit more American worked in everyone was watching and just, oh, that slap, and oh, the way he looked at him. No one's eyes were anywhere but the ring. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, to just give a shout out to Freelance, and we'll talk about, we'll talk about some Freelance guys tomorrow, but their last show, the Kobe Kylie main event, mm-hmm. had that same kind of just like the crowd was into it the whole time. And it was till, and like, till someone did something, like in between moves, you didn't really hear any side chatter because the crowd was just like waiting to see like when they're going to get up and do something next. Yeah. So it was probably that same like, That's type of feeling. That's a really cool feeling. Yeah. What about you? Any matches that stuck out to you? Um, Eric from Warrior? Yeah. <laughs> the, the one that really stuck out to me was um, Pillman Archer. Um, I think, first of all, I love both those guys. Um, I, I got I was lucky enough uh, for Before Six, 
Um, Archer was at our uh, StarCast table and uh, got to spend kind of the weekend with him and, and Zane was there and got to really, you know, know those guys as opposed to those wrestlers. And, right. and they're incredible people. Archer is a, an incredible human being. And, um, but Pillman, the, that match, I think like I look at Brian Pillman, not that I ever didn't think he was amazing yeah. because he obviously is. But after that match, I'm just like, dude, we're just scratching the surface of this kid. I mean, he's already this good. And when put in that situation, he not only stepped up to the plate, but he knocked it out of the park. I mean, that that match for me was a, a game changer for Brian Pellman Jr. And mm-hmm. what what I think he and the world now knows he's capable of and is going to just continue his, his phenomenal ascent through the world of wrestling. And for me, that one was just one of those kind of one of those, like you said, like those proud moments where you're just like, I love both these guys yeah. and that match, that story, that uh, first of all, I was just, I, I mean, I shouldn't be amazed, but he's Brian Pillman jr. But the fact that he could do a drop kick and get his legs high enough <laughs> to hit Archer mm-hmm. with some of those. Uh, I mean, it was just that match. That was a really fun match for me. Yeah. And, and Pillman to your point about watching your kid, Pillman's been, around for so many of these oh yeah so you've built uh he's probably one of the longer bonds you guys have yeah three yes. four five six seven and then eight he will be here in six for six of our eight shows the only people more are brian cage and sam Adonis. yeah exactly mm-hmm. so yeah pillman's number three you're, he's, you're he's one of our guys mm-hmm. without a doubt well and frank Absolutely. the clown but he doesn't count yeah, at least, yeah. we're talking about wrestlers yes right? yeah. okay. <laughs> so, okay sure um cool yeah so I mean, go watch, go watch you, the listener, watch the whole show, but especially those three that we mentioned. Um, and definitely give Jake Landers some love because mm-hmm. uh, we love him. Uh, we've mentioned him a couple times on this podcast. Uh, but eight yes. is the Ocho. It's yeah. like it's like it's like you're you keep growing this monster and you keep <laughs> injecting it with like more and more steroids, and it's just like <laughs> how does this? I thought that card was, but this card, and you're just like, yeah. How do you keep growing? It's this a, thing? such a beautiful monster, right? The, the, <laughs> after after the after Valentine's Day, Saturday, February fifteenth at Mary Catholic, you have it's it's. I mean, we'll go through the card, but it's just it, it looks insane. Like, yeah. Let me while you do that. Let me just send a calendar reminder for I forget <laughs> to block the fifteenth. Okay, please see, do. See, even yeah. even Carla knows that Warriors on the fifteenth. Because we uh we, we bought a, a bedroom set this weekend and she's like they were giving us delivery dates and she's he suggested the fifteen and before I could say anything, Carla's like, Oh you can't, the fifteenth is warrior, right? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yes, thank you, Carla. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, man, that's inception. You're probably like whispering dates while she's sleeping <laughs> in her ear, like, I can't do this date. Yeah, no, it, we're also excited because it says it's been wanting to go to wrestling show. It says my daughter and like they're all like super late at night or far away from home and Warriors pretty close to home and yeah. she can go watch a few matches and then right. she can go back home. And it's not and it's on and 21 under. It's and, yes. And yeah. she wants to see Space Monkey and Space Monkey's going to be there. Who doesn't? My, my father loves <laughs> Space Monkey. Every time we now we're going to do a show on whatever day. Like, Is the monkey going to be there? The monkey. Oh, well, I got to see that. <laughs> You know, when, when it was announced that, you know, Brian Cage was hurt. I didn't tell you this yet. When it was announced that Brian Cage was hurt because of the surgery and he wasn't going to be in the main event, I just get a text from my dad, Space Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I remember the moment we told him, we, we were telling your dad about, oh, we got Will Osprey. And he goes, is the monkey boy going to be there? <laughs> <laughs> the it's like, well, but we got, we just told you we got Will Osprey. Yeah, but what about the monkey boy? <laughs> Space monkey knows no, there's no generation. Now, no. now he has the collar. He can talk. Oh yeah, with the collar. Oh, on. he is a talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ethan Page gave him a talking. Yeah, he talked collar. at our. Oh, that's our right. Show. We've yeah. squeaked out some words, yeah. but yeah. yeah. But now he's clear voice when the collar's on. Mm. So oh, we just got to make sure we have extra batteries. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, but that's yeah, great. So VIP Fan Fest starts at five. Five to six thirty. Yep. Uh, doors for general audience open up at six, mm-hmm. and bell time is at seven. Yep. Correct. Yep. All right. So we're looking at. Cavernario. Cavernario hasn't been in Chicago in a while, if not ever. He might have been on Gali once a while back, but I, I don't know that he has. Right. I don't want to say that he never has because then somebody's going to be like, yeah, actually, yeah. in 1996 <laughs> when he was four, Cavernario <laughs> took a vacation with this. But as far as I know, Cavernario right. has never been in Chicago. Yeah. Well, it, Galley has a, they have a knack for like, you don't, you're just like, oh, that person wrestled for Galley? And it's like, they have a, right. they have a knack for finding those gems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Templario, who's been, he's been coming back yes. ever since six? Uh, six, seven, and eight. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Going for the hat trick this show of just like show stopping matches. I mean, and, and just real quick aside, that guy's got some of the coolest merch <laughs> that you're going to find. I, I, he's got a hat. Where it's mm-hmm. it's it's like all white and it's like the red and it's got the cross like like the in his mask. Oh, okay, right. It's just it's just some cool stuff. <laughs> but and, and he's a cool dude too. And and then he gets in the ring and just that first match when he bust on a, the Warriors scene with him and Sobrano Junior. Mm-hmm. Those I mean, we we joked that that show started that match started mm-hmm. and you were like, wait, who are these guys? And then by the end you were like. I love these guys. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we knew for, we knew going in that that's how that match was going to go. And, uh, Templario has just been nonstop for us ever since. Cool. And this is Cavanario CML guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'd, you know him, but you're the Lucha consultant. Yeah, it's actually on his business card. Lucha yeah. Yeah. yeah, He checked out my LinkedIn when I submitted my resume last show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what we were talking about. Getting yeah. Chris on the booking committee, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's still oh, it pending. It's pending. Probably, yeah. Right? Yeah. We'll see how much he impresses Cabernario. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have a Templario mask or not? I don't. Oh, it's the coolest mask. Okay. It's, yeah. It's, it, it's pretty good. It's pretty nice. Uh, the one that uh, I saw this weekend was our Emmys. Who is on this show as He's well. on the show, yeah. Okay. His mask is pretty dope, too, so yeah. watch out. Dope mask. <laughs> uh, Robert Eagle Anthony with the clown versus Warhorse. Yes. So this is not a handicap match. It's no. just the clown roaming around and doing clown Clown's things. managing, as he does. Yeah. Okay, if you well, say so. He thinks he's a wrestler, <laughs> but this is... Yeah. Right. Yes, he is, he is relegated to the corner for this <laughs> match. And Warhorse, we're really excited about. We've had our eye on him for a while. I, I watched yeah. Jake Parnell when he was in Black Label. And he's one of those guys, even though he's not, quote, one of our guys yet until Warrior 8, that I've watched over the last year and a half grow and blossom to being yeah. a dude who had a nickname that was Warhorse to, like, becoming Warhorse. Mm-hmm. And that moment where it went from, like, Oh, maybe I'll experiment with this to this is who I am. Right. And that the moment he found his voice, all of a sudden he stood a little taller in the ring. His moves were crisp. Everything was perfect. And that's so that's cool in watching people find their voices and becoming who they're gonna be. Yeah. I know that's so so true. Like you watch a Warhorse match and you watch a Jake Parnell match, 
and probably some of the stuff is the same, but it does feel more important when he's got the face paint on and he's yep. yelling. Yep. Like, and yeah, that you're exa- that's exactly the point. Like, it's the same dude. He just started cutting wicked promos and yes. finding his voice, and it enhanced his game. Yeah. Full, fully, yeah. So that match is going to be exciting. He and the ego Robert Anthony are both phenomenal in the ring. You know, you mix in Frank, you got great character stuff going on. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I know. Yeah, ego is... Uh, he's doing like some really savage stuff too as of late. He's yeah. yeah, so I don't know. It's really cool because it's it, it this is like this these matches could steal the show, but they're almost rounding out the buffet too. Like they're like not necessarily megastars that would transcend into like a company or overseas, but they're really good independent stars yeah. and like they're a nice, really good compliment, but then could also steal the show too. So it, you kind of worked in like matches like that as well. That's the goal. Yeah. It's a buffet. Yeah, exactly. Jonathan Gresham versus Daga. Yes. That could be a sleeper. What's with the octopus stuff? What's it talk about finding your voice? Right? He just we went <laughs> yeah. from wow, that guy's a great technical wrestler to he's got the coolest mask in wrestling and he's also terrifying. Yeah, and he's <laughs> creepy now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't look at his Twitter before I go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys see the video he did about calling out Daga to set up the match? Oh uh, uh-huh. yeah, he's then he stapled, he stapled yeah. a, a note card to a guy's head and it just said Daga on it. Is that, that part of your faculty? No, we have no idea. <laughs> Gresham made this video in Baltimore somewhere. Just yeah. sacrificed some dude for it. Yeah, but I mean, basically kidnapped a dude and tied him up in his basement and then stapled Daga's name to the guy's forehead. And that's how he announced the match. Because he told us, I will announce the match. And we're like, okay. 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 <laughs> wow. And that's what we got. Yeah. If anything, it has told us, even when we were recapping 2019, uh, we did a, a year recap episode. It's like, Maybe maybe as much time as you put in the ring, you should spend towards like your promos because it seems yes. like there's a translation there. Everyone who's cutting an awesome promo seems to get booked more. It's like oh. Danhausen, yeah, Danhausen. Danhausen. Warrior Seven, yeah. another guy who once he found it is off to the races, right? And you have to have the in ring ability to back it up. Sure, but, sure, yeah. yeah, exactly. The how I found out about this match, somebody I don't know who is making really cool posters about the mm. matches. Oh, the Tom Customs. Tom's or Customs. Tom's yeah. Customs. Is it Tom's Customs? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I saw that graphic. I'm like, holy shit! Like, looks cool. Like, but I didn't. I didn't know it wasn't the actual poster. Like, he's just is he just randomly making them? Yeah, he's great. He just takes them and makes them. Like, that's awesome, man. I said, as long as you make them, we'll share them. We'll promote mm-hmm. you. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Stronghearts versus the Rascals. Yes. I mean, we talked about an insanity dream match, but <laughs> yeah, we actually. So after seven. And I mentioned this in the in the email that came out to people who have bought tickets to our shows. After 7, me, Eric, and Kyle, another one of our, our friends who helps with the show, were sitting at a diner at 2 in the morning. And we're like, well, how do we top that? We're like, we can't. Mm-hmm. We cannot top the show. We should retire. Does right that now. happen often? I feel like I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. 2 a.m. diners? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. That's, okay. That's, that, that dates back to our comedy show days. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And we're like, well, we got to go in a totally different direction. Nothing like anything was on this show, just totally different stuff. And then Shima DMs me the next day. He's like, the Stronghearts and I will be in town. We, are you going to have a show by any chance in February? And I was like, yes. How would you like to wrestle the Rascal? <laughs> and it was done like 48 hours later. Like, well, all right, back to dream matches. <laughs> The Rascals awesome. must love you guys. And we love them. I was going to say, yeah, it, it is a mutual yeah. love fest. I mean, those guys are incredible. And and they're, again, they're another one. They're already incredible, but we're still just scratching the surface of what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
They they should just literally hand you like here's my bucket list. Yeah, can you help me with any of this within the next? Wrestlers like, do that now. I was going to say just, yeah, that's actually happening. Right, right. Lots of I was at a, another wrestling show and I was talking to some wrestlers that we want to use in the future but haven't had on yet. And they're like, just so you know, like it would be our dream to wrestle this team or this team. Okay, bye. Like <laughs> right. and like that's that's awesome because we want to provide that for them. Exactly. Everybody's happy. Exactly. Well, we you know we talk about the part part of our you know, formula for putting matches together and putting shows and cards together is, you know, make sure that the wrestlers themselves are as motivated for the match as, as any fan would be. Yeah. You yeah. know? And so like we knew when, once we got Suzuki, we were like, you call Tom Lawler right now. <laughs> and because we knew that was, that was one of his, his, you know, bucket list matches. And, uh, it was one of those things that, like, when you when what makes for a truly great match is when you've got the right, you know, if, if you have the ability to do background stories and you know build up to it, when you've got the right moment, the right guys, yeah. in the right situation, and it all comes together to to make this it just an incredible smorgasbord of a match. And part of a key element in that is that the guys want the match too, right? You know, it's, just, it's anything, anything in life for anybody. If I'm not motivated to do my personal best, then, you know, I might call it in. It's like, all right, I got to mow the lawn or I got to, you know, yeah. got to shovel the driveway. It just snowed. God damn it. I just shoveled yesterday. Right. It's been snowing for three days. Stop snowing. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just kind of go out there and you're like, well, I'm not going anywhere this weekend. Maybe if I just did like half the driveway, it'll be fine. You know, but like if, if you, you know, you're, you're, you've got something that you want just as badly as everybody else wants. It. Right. It's, it's going to make magic. Yeah. You're always drawn to what you want to do. I think even, even if like a person has a boring job, they're always like, Oh, let me check this and this on my phone. Cause I enjoy doing that or something. Like yep. there's always that kind of net. So if you're asked to do something you want to do, you're like, sure, why not? I was just thinking about doing that. And it empowers that person. And Right. And it makes it, and then everybody is the better for it. Yeah. A match I did not know I wanted. Mm-hmm. Was Bully Ray versus Brian Pillman. Right. <laughs> I forgot about Bully Ray. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So ECW original, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, Ring of Honor star. Dude is a legit all-timer. And what we loved about this is not only is it the intergenerational match, right? It's the Hall of Famer versus Pillman. We just talked about who's, who's right. got this incredible rookie year is busting out. But Pillman's dad and Bully Ray were in the ECW locker room together in 96 into 97. That's awesome. And now... Bully Ray, Bubba Ray is facing Pillman's son. Like, what a cool moment if you're an ECW. There's fan so much story there already. Oh my god! Oh my god. Yeah. Well, you talked about those those graphics. Did you see the that yes. matched graphic with the the reflection in, in the bean? with the bean? Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I mean, yeah. like, if that doesn't give you the chills, <laughs> then you better check your pulse. Was was his dad's reflection in the? Or sorry, I didn't see it. What was it? I think it? so. Was it? Is, was it Brian Pillman Senior in the bean? I haven't seen I, it. I believe weeks. it's yeah. It's, okay. it's Pillman Senior and and but Pillman is in the front, right? Yeah, right. yeah, mm-hmm. right. Cool. And it's it's just kind of this cool reflection of the two of them, and like you know the the way that just just the feels in that match, yeah, is going to be incredible. You got to give some Bully Ray some promo time then. Make oh, sure you, you God, slot yes. that in. Nope, nope, we're not gonna we're yeah. not gonna let him do anything. Uh, no promos and no tables, Bully Ray. Uh, he has said he, he's bringing a table. Period. End of story. So, so then is Devon? I feel like Devon gets the tables, right? Well, yeah, so. somebody's gonna have to get the tables. Steve, okay. <laughs> oh, man, run out to the ring. Uh, Alex Shelley versus Amazing Red. 
So actually, I got to pause you. Okay. All Amazing right. Red is not going to be ready from surgery. Uh, he had surgery two weeks ago, and we were supposed to be his first show back. Okay. And we just talked to him, and he's like, I'm not going to be able to go. So okay. Like, oh. So we are looking at some other options. In fact, I have to check. There are some texts I sent to some wrestlers earlier. Okay. That's my girlfriend, not a wrestler. Um, <laughs> so we, we were gonna. We've got some options to to do another incredible match. Unfortunately, that one's just gonna have to wait. We're just gonna have to do it at Warrior Nine or Ten. Cool. Okay. So, okay. So that's still TV. You're still working through to be determined. Shelly's still on the show. But his, okay. his opponent is to be determined. Nice. And yeah, Shelly just wrestled Isaiah Velasquez. Project yes. Project <clears throat> um, oh. talk to We can talk to Pat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would um, could recommend checking that out at Black Label Pro. Mm-hmm. That was an Isaiah Velasquez dream match. Yeah. And it kicked uh, off the show. Yeah, it did. Exactly. And uh, yeah, Shelly just seems to be around a lot. As of recent, so yeah, he is. So he retired for a year. He came out of that retirement this past summer. We were his first indie date because he did a couple of Ring of Honor dates. We were actually his first indie date at Warrior Six, and we fell in love with him. He fell in love with us. It's mm-hmm. one of those things. We're just great people, great performer. We use him all the time. So, cool. and uh, well, the you got the North versus Space Pirates. Yes, but that was set up last show. Ethan infiltrated Warrior Seven, right? He like started he making just his decided own decided He was coming. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was great. It was ridiculous. So he had a poster of himself all over all of the match cards. Right. Uh, he declared that he was going to star in the show in the fan fest. He showed up. Uh, he kind of took over the start of the show. Yeah. And the Space Pirates were there and confronted him. And now we've got this tag match. So it's going to be pretty exciting. Cool. Show to show storytelling. Right? Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, not, and you guys have done that before. But I think that that's, that's a cool one, especially with Ego, who really knows how to tell a yeah. nice story. Um, yeah, and uh, this is a cool. We could see this. This could be the start of like, we could see these two teams at freelance. Like, we could. This could be the start of of, of now many matches. Josh Alexander's in, in yeah. freelance. Yeah, this could be the start of a beautiful. That's yeah, so, if you're at. a freelance fan, you. I mean, you want to come see this, obviously, not only for the Space Pirates, but for right. Ego and Frank and Kylie and, and everybody. But this could be a preview of a great feud down the line in freelance. Yeah, and free or like you know. A rematch at the at another warrior too. Like yes, this does. This doesn't feel like a one and done to me. Just because, right? But. There's there, there could be a lot of story behind that mm-hmm. as well. Um, so now we have the two behemoths of a match, right? And these are two war of attrition matches. Yes, the first ever women's war of attrition and the second war of attrition for the men's. Yes, um, I wrote I wrote down some rules uh, for war of attrition. And you correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. I will. Or Eric. Sure. Um, so it, the match the match is a total of eight competitors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four versus four. Yeah. And then the loser team is eliminated. Yep. Then it becomes a tag match, two mm-hmm. on two. Loser gets eliminated, and then that team goes against each other at a one on one. Yep. Yep. And then winner becomes the winner of the either well, they become the champ, right? Because yes, these sir. are two championship matches. Yes. Um and Okay, so you did this the first time in War Wrestling three, two, two. Yeah, it's it's a big match. And yeah, the only thing from 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 that was how I, I guess I didn't know. It's just at random the teams are going to be formed. Yep. Um, are you guys doing anything different to display more clearly what the teams are, or until they get in the ring, they'll just split? They will up? be split in the ring by the announcer. So okay, Kirby, Kirby will have the listing, mm-hmm. so they'll make it to the ring, and then we will announce which team is which. Okay. Cool. So you have no idea who's going to be with who before the match starts. So 
I'm sure the conversation was just as something as simple as, well, we've had one more retrition. Should we make it two to make it bigger? Was that kind of the, let's just <laughs> yeah, do it Actually, again. so we had <laughs> gone more. back and forth on whether we were going to just do a women's or whether we wanted to do both. We've had in our back pocket for a while that if Brian Cage keeps defending this belt successfully, at some point, we're going to have to make him go through the gauntlet that he first went through it to defend it. And so it just so happened that they both kind of, the, the different stars that we had and when what yeah. aligned, it just made sense to do them both here. Cool. And here we are. So it's just this ginormous card. So who uh, for the women's? For the uh, women. You have Tessa, who's the champ. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to be facing off uh, these the what seven women? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right, Ray Lynn, mm-hmm. Taya Valkyrie, Kylie Ray, Big Swell, Tasha Steeles, Madison Ray, and Britt Baker. Yes. Cool. And we very specifically set out. You've got Impact, Impact, AEW, Freelance, uh, Women of Wrestling, NWA. Every major available company mm-hmm. out there is represented. Yeah. And is, was that your concept in putting it together? Or, yep. or was it more like the individual people? Both. both? Yeah. So the, the, like the first War of Attrition that we did at Warrior 2, Austin Aries was the Impact champ. Brian Cage was the X Division champ. Uh, Rich Swan was just off of WWE. The Lucha Brothers were hot in AAA and coming off of Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio was coming off of AAA and Lucha Underground. Uh-huh. So we, we try to get people from Sammy Guevara was hot off of PWG. So we try to get people from all over. So in this one match, we would attempt regularly to do dream matches. Well, when are you ever going to see these eight paths cross? Right. That's kind of the goal. Cool. Insanity. Who's your pick for that, Chris? Uh, uh, Big Swole. Okay. I, I would like to see her win, but I, I'm you go into technicalities of all these other things. But um, I, I've been really liking her work lately. Of course, I can't argue about the work that Tessa Blanchard has done. Like she's the Impact Champion now, and you know, homegirl Kylie Ray. Like that's a big pop. Like everybody's gonna cheer for Kylie. We love Kylie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's a hard one to pick. I mean, okay. I like Taya as well, so I don't know. Hard to pick a favorite. It's hard to pick a favorite. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I'll, I'll just take Kylie, just because it's... Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for the men's War of Attrition, we have Brian Cage, the champion, going up against Andrew Everett, Alex Zane, Black Torres, Aramis, who's back, Sam Adonis, Lance Archer, and Michael Elgin. And the big news that we talked about earlier, Brian Cage, due to his bicep surgery, will forfeit the Warrior Wrestling title. New champ. New you champ. Guaranteed there to will crown be a new champ. A new champ. And what we're going to do is with that eighth spot that Brian Cage vacates, mm-hmm. Brian Cage will be at the show. He's going to do the meet and greet. He's going to do the VIP fan fest. He will present the title to the to the winner at the end of the night. But Brian Cage will be watching the show all night. And he will choose the wrestler that impresses him the most from earlier in the show. And that person will get the eighth spot in the main event War of Attrition match. Oh. So it could be Shima. It could be Trey Miguel. It could be Warhorse, yeah. It could be Ethan Page. It could be Kylie Ray. But somebody <laughs> from earlier in the night will get the eighth spot at the chance of the title. It, the mon- the it, monkey it boy. won't be Frank. It will not be it Frank. It will not be Frank. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. good. Thank you for that. Um, so, so a little bit of a mystery. So That's Brian Cage awesome. is going to have a, a chair and a throne. 
a throne. Man, now we gotta <laughs> find a st- him a throne. We got one backstage. That's right, we gotta throw him. And a stack of pizzas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the throne. It's just a bunch of Giordano's boxes. And cover it in the barbed wire, and he'll just yes. sit on it like a badass. <laughs> All right, well, we will make this happen. <laughs> Great. Uh, I, I, my pick is Adonis. I've called it. I've called it a couple months ago. As you say, you're a big Adonis fan. I, I'm a big Adonis warrior. I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Adonis fan, but I, I've I've picked up the the pattern of, like you said, he's been him and Cage have been with you the longest. He's like your most he's been mainstay, there since the first one, mainstay, one. mainstay yeah. consistent. Like him and Warrior just go together like lamb and tuna fish. So. We prefer <laughs> spaghetti and meatball. Yeah. <laughs> sure, <laughs> that was from you know what that's from, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. That's uh, from Big Daddy Chris. That's a pop culture reference. Oh man. Oh, well, thank you. I haven't seen that movie. Okay. And <laughs> actually, speaking of Big Daddy guys, I'm afraid I'm going to have to uh, roll out. I got oh, two I'm little so ones. Sorry. I'm going to go put to bed. I just wanted to wait till we got through the uh, Trishan talk real quick. Yeah. Um, that match is a personal favorite of mine. It's it's a Warrior original. I remember when Steve first pitched that match to me. And and I, I had no words. I, I was I was just like, first I was just trying to process all of it, and then when he pitched some of the names that he's like, I, I'm picturing for this match, I was just like, like just stop, just stop. <laughs> you just stop. I apologize if we. I didn't know you had a hard stop, so I apologize. No, no, I, it's not asked. really. A, it's not a hard stop. I just I, I had concerned stop. Or yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I well, I, I promised. Gavin Everly, Daddy's on his way home. <laughs> I will see you guys soon. Get you guys okay. to bed. I love you both. Um, but yeah, no, I'm gonna yeah. roll out. You guys stay, do your thing. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's if it's you know this is you. being uh, being dad is is yeah. you know, my first job. And it's absolutely the reason I haven't joined you guys sooner. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thank you for for the invite. I'm gonna exactly exit stage left. Yeah, absolutely. I think we. Uh, to echo really quick, you guys enjoy doing things for other people. Like I think Chris and I get excited about watching the show as hearing the people like explain how cool it is for them. So we enjoy telling your story. So thanks for telling a piece of that in your history and things. Thank like you, that. thank yeah. you for giving us the platform to share with you. Yeah, guys. absolutely. Cool. Well, we'll see you on the fifteenth. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll tune in and, and catch the rest of the uh, the podcast in the night. And um, this guy speaks for me. He we. we sh- Steve, I give you the other half of the brain. Oh, man. I have a whole brain back. Thank God. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, it was nice to sit down. Thank I'll you. text you soon, dude. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. So we are excited for this uh, this War of Attrition match. Like I said, you've got the mystery with who might fill in for Cage, but also just the the talent in this. Um, when, when Cage was still in it before he got hurt, Cage and Archer, two absolute monsters, two guys rumored about maybe going to AEW, Aramis and Black Taurus, two luchadors who are on the verge of becoming the next big luchador you know phoenix at pwg in the fall said about aramis like this guy's the future of lucha libre and if you've watched him i mean the guy is made of lightning. do you know how old yeah. that guy how old he is is he very young he's, he's, very, he's very young, young. Okay. he's college aged yeah wow like, okay i think he's in college okay um like i think this is his like i worked at the pizza place on campus He's a world famous luchador. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like that just puts things in perspective. Right. So you've got the two monsters, you've got the two luchadors, Sam and Elgin, Sam Adonis and Michael Elgin had that 20 minute draw mm-hmm. at warrior seven. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they're in the same match together for the title. Are they going to be on opposite sides in the first round? Are they going to be on the same side in the first round and opposite sides in the second? Will cool. they be on the same side all the way to the end? 
somehow they are, their paths are going to cross one way or another. And then the, the last pairing, so to speak, is two guys for whom gravity means nothing. They take your 9.2 seconds per second squared and spit in its face. <laughs> Andrew Everett and Alex Zane. Everett has been that guy for five or six years. We are bullish on Andrew Everett, and I am just floored that he's not everywhere. If you've ever seen him in PWG or seen what he can do in Impact or seen it at a Warrior show, the dude defies gravity. So yeah. does Alex Zane. Yeah. Alex Zane is like an Everett Osprey mold type guy. Right. So the thought was of the eight guys in there originally, you've got all these different styles that are all just going to clash and mix and match in different ways. Now with Cage out, the question mark gets even bigger. Who's number eight? Is it a Japanese strong style? Is it T-Hawk? Is it Dez? Is it Bully Ray? Yeah. You know, is it Cavernario? Is it, there's the, the possibilities are endless. You know, is it Taya yeah. Valkyrie? Is it Tessa Blanchard? Does she want every title on planet Earth? <laughs> Who knows? I was yeah. going to say, like, so... A woman, is it Hogan? A, a woman can, is it Hulk Hogan? can be inserted in this match. <laughs> Any wrestler from earlier in the show is fair game for Brian Cage to choose to put in the match. Okay. That there you is, go. And he's gonna, so is he going to sit on the throne the whole show? Or is he just going to, like... Know, the throne is a new wrinkle. I got to run that by okay. <laughs> The pizza's guaranteed. Okay. But I don't know about the throne. And I, I like how you worked in a physics joke into a wrestling podcast. So well, you're a big nerd for that. I'm but. a high school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And obviously the Is It Hogan reference was for the, the, the NWO heel turn. Yeah. So okay. like, is he the third man? No. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, he can't be. Yeah. Um, so we're excited and, and, and legitimately actually in talking with Brian Cage, I mean, a little bit of merged, you know, shoot work stuff here. Like we, we talked this idea out with Cage and he's like, I love it. Let's put all of our heads together and figure out what's going to happen that night. And I'm like, awesome. So mm-hmm. Brian Cage is, is going to be there and he's going to give input as, as he said in his Instagram video, he did legitimately ask us for this match. And he has been for a couple of shows. He's like, put me through attrition again. Let's do it. Cause he loves it. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, you, you crazy guy. Well, fine, <laughs> we'll throw seven people at you. So um, he's mm-hmm. really bummed that he can't be in it, but I think he's excited to be able to contribute to it and help shape it. Cool. So. Well, that's cool. I mean, long. I don't know what the future holds for, for Cage, but like that could be a wrinkle that he never really lost the title. Absolutely. Well, he said in his Instagram yeah. video, I will be there to hand the belt to whoever is going to have it next and to tell them face to face to keep it warm because I'm coming back for it. There you go. There it is. Oh, wrestling <laughs> is the best. <laughs> well, uh, we're definitely excited. We're excited you came and joined us. And um, yeah, do we have? Do you, are there any other closing thoughts or anything? No, man, I'm ready. The, the, so the, the show's on a Saturday. Yeah, so Saturday. Perfectly. The big WWE superstar it, here is Bully Ray, yep. right? The big former. You've been mm-hmm. having a lot of those every show. It was Angle last time. Yep. Bully Ray this time. Um, any surprises? Last minute. No, just we're, we're going to find somebody to fill in for Amazing Red. And uh, we're, we're working on that right now. Like I said, a lot of text messages were sent over dinner. And uh, we've got some ideas. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of seeing who fits and who's free and, and whatnot. But one of the things, too, is that um, in, in when Red's injury came up over the last couple of days, I've been talking with Alex Shelley. And Alex Shelley is highly motivated to have a badass technical wrestling match. And so he and I literally are going through all these ideas. Well, what about this guy? What about this guy? This guy and this guy. Let's talk to him. Let's talk to him. And, you know, Shelly wants to compete, but he wants to he wants to show what he can do. And that's, as, as Eric mentioned earlier, that's been our MO is ask the guys, what, mm-hmm. what, what do, do you want? Do? 
And not that we give everybody everything that they want, but, you know. But it gives you a, a good idea of, of what to shoot for, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I will never forget, I think I might have told this story in your podcast before. Um, Tessa had an idea at Warrior 2. We had laid out the way something was going to go or finish of a match. And Tessa came up to me, you know, very politely. And she's absolutely wonderful. And she's like, I have an idea. If I'm overstepping, like, I'm sorry. I was like, no, no, no what's your mm-hmm. idea? And she pitched her idea. And I went, Tessa, that's 10 times better than our, our idea. That's what we're doing. She's like, are you sure? I was like, absolutely. Like, we're just mm-hmm. a couple of dudes. You're Tessa Blanchard. You know how this works better than we do. Yeah. And so our, our goal is always to give talent that input because as Eric mentioned earlier, then they're more invested. Yeah. Everybody, you know, wants to have their skin in the game as far as, oh, what if we do it this way? And, and feeling connected to it versus yeah. saying you're going to fight him and you're going to whatever, you know, no. What do they want? Right. It's like if I can make a hopefully principal reference, it's Ooh. like asking the, the kid, what group or club do you want to try? Do you want to yes. go out for? You know, you're not going to stick some guy on the football team if he doesn't like football and vice versa for the chess club or whatever. Mm-hmm environmental club or any of those clubs that people join just to put on their college resume. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, you know, Brian cage, president of the, you know, gaming association, whatever <laughs> yeah, board but, game club at school. Right. Exactly. So mm-hmm. yeah. Nudge them to- towards what they like. So it's cool. That you, you empower. Well, and, and usually there are times where sometimes talent are like, Oh, I'd really like to face Kenny Omega. And I was like, yeah, we'd like to have Kenny Omega too. But, <laughs> yeah. um, Generally, I'd say nine times out of 10, they know their own strengths and what they want to show and who they want to compete with. And it, that lines up with what we see for them. Then mm-hmm. we just put our heads together and pick something together. Yeah. So, yeah, self-awareness. Yeah. Talking about self-awareness, uh, the color is pink. Yes. Is that for a reason? Or it's just one of those? You know, uh, Derek time? from Curtain Jerker <laughs> Designs does all of our, our initial graphic designs. Like we said, Tom does some customs here and there, um, just kind of on his own. But um, Derek's thought was February, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Let's go pink. Yeah. You know, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, pink and black is a Bret Hart. We're like, sorry, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. pink for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to have a different color every time. So, um, but yeah, so we, we've done yellow, we've done green, we've done red, we've done whatever. So it's pink this time and Nine will be something else. <laughs> cool. Do you already have a date for nine? Still no, that out. we are um, most likely going to run late spring, April or May. Okay, we've got to look at a, a variety of things. So a lot of a lot of our shows revolve around when all of the guys and girls we want to use are free. Mm-hmm. Honestly, so right. I have literally an Excel spreadsheet that's like every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. In April, May, and early June. And I'm like, all right, Chris is free here, but not here. Charlie's not free here. Like, when can we find a critical mass of the people we want to use? And so a lot of that, honestly, is dependent on when Impact sets their taping dates in April and May. When New Japan decides if they're going to do a U.S. tour date between Dantaku and um, Super Juniors, then that's, you know, maybe Zane or Archer right. or whatever. And so we're at the mercy of when they lay all that out. Mm-hmm. And then we can plug it all in our Excel spreadsheet and go, all right, this is the day that works. Cool. So, because unlike a monthly, you know, we don't have the dates on the calendar. We we have our crew of people and we have some attractions mm-hmm. we want to feature and we're going to do it based on when they're free. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm excited. I'm ready. Um, it hasn't lost its buzz over excitement. So it like, it keeps, yeah. it keeps rolling. I mean, I think we've been very blessed to be able to, as I said earlier, set the table, invite great people to bring their food and the banquets have been great. And, Mm -hmm. and honestly, they're, 
as Eric and I often talk about, we try to build a show that we would drive to Cleveland or Milwaukee for. Okay. You know, if, like if this show, like, you know what, would I drive to Milwaukee? Absolutely. Yeah. It, versus like, oh no. It's, so we don't, because we only run four times a year, we can't have a meh show. Yeah. We have to have shows that just crush it. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. And they're crushing it. So we're trying. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thanks for coming by. Thanks for all that you do and, and uh, helping helping Speech Club and all and like I said, all the other people, the students who go to your school. And uh, yeah, I think that's unless you had anything else. Thank you for providing a great buffet line. That's you know, I love food and I love wrestling. You guys put the two together. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry we didn't have Modelo's right. this time, but maybe in the next time. I see. I didn't even tell the people. As far as the people knew, we've been drinking Modelo's the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Steve. So where can people find info for the tickets uh, and social media, all that stuff? You got it. WarriorWrestling.net is the website. Twitter is at Warrior Wrestling. No vowels in wrestling, so W-R-S-T-L-N-G. Same thing for Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, the big thing, though, is WarriorWrestling.net. That's where you get tickets, info, etc. cetera. Um, bring a friend. Uh, kids 10 and under are free for general admission tickets. Same thing for the Fan Fest. Kids 10 and under are free. Mm, so okay. if you've got kids that you think would really enjoy a wrestling show, get some GA tickets or some Fan Fest tickets and bring them with. And yeah, I mean, just our goal is to put on the most amazing matches that we possibly can. And we've been very fortunate uh, in the first seven shows, and we're hoping it keeps rolling with eight. Cool. Introducing cool. the Space Monkey. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. Uh, Fan Fest is back at the gymnasium? Yep. Yep. All right. I like that area. <laughs> it works out really well. <laughs> yep. All right. Thanks, Steve. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. All right, guys. I got to be honest with you here. After Eric and Steve left, Charlie and I recorded a closing to this episode. But due to technical difficulties, well, scratch that. I said I was going to be honest with you, right? I have no idea where I saved that file. Charlie and I recorded. I saved the file. I don't know where it is. So here I am. We're about to push this episode live, and we don't have a closing. So... I'm going to close us out, I'm going to take us home, and I think, I think I got this. I think it goes something like this. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Two Heels and a Face. That's number two, Heels and a Face. You can visit our website, twoheelsandaface.com. Check out some blogs. If you got content, feel free to send us an email with your content ideas at info at twoheelsandaface.com. You can check out our Pro Wrestling Tees store at prowrestlingtees.com slash two heels and a face. You can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Play. We are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Radio FM, and many other podcasting platforms that we are probably unaware about. But if you search for two heels and a face, you should be able to find us. If not, try Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast. We are for sure under that. Anything else that I am missing? I don't think so. I think it's time for us to hashtag beat up GPA. Make sure to also hashtag repush Paco. Peace.